Hi, and welcome to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast. I absolutely love and value that you are here with us right now, and I hope you will hear something on today's episode that will touch your heart and soul in a beautiful way. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone. We are back for another fabulous installment of the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast. And today with us, we have Jody Freed, who's a dear friend of mine from Portland. I would consider Jody to be a colleague of mine. We work in the same field. We've had a lot of collaboration over the years, and we've had so many experiences together in our own journeys as kind of entrepreneurs, I guess, are working with Jewish women in the field of inspiration and strengthening people around us and ourselves in the process. Is that how you would put it in a nutshell? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think that's spot on. And as you were saying that, and you just said it, but the thing that came to mind is like our own self-growth and self-development too, you know? If we could work on ourselves and then once we nail something, share that with other people, then I think that's what we're doing. It's totally what we're doing. And you used to have the title shine, maybe you still do, you know, shine just as an umbrella for Jewish women to just shine. And I think that's what life's about. It's about shining mm. your light. And I see you and the mm. ripple effect of everything that you've Thank done and you. every person that you've impacted. And it's so beautiful. So yeah, each of us just gets to shine our own light and make the world a better place. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to just introduce you with a short bio. Jody is a mom, an empowerment coach, founder of the Two Mom Life podcast, and Jewish community professional who is committed to helping moms reconnect with themselves and reignite their spark. Jody's superpower is connection. Her intense connection with clients and friends, as well as her ability to help women connect deeply to themselves. She holds degrees in planning public policy and management and economics a path which took her into the Jewish nonprofit sphere for many years. Originally from Joburg, South Africa, Jody now lives in Portland, Oregon, where her hobbies include skiing, hiking, making jewelry, and snuggling with her kids under a thick, soft blanket to read on the couch. Love it. Welcome, <laughs> Jody. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good. Such an honor to be here. So I think this is the first time that I'm interviewing another podcaster. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> we'll see who gets the final word. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> I think if I recall correctly, I think I was on your podcast probably a year or two ago. Yeah, I think it was about a year and a half ago, close to when I started. It must have been around like Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, a year and a half ago. We spoke <laughs> about the hero's journey, Eve. Oh, that's you right. enlightened us all about wow. the hero's journey and also bringing in your journey. Maybe you'll send me the link if it's still up on your podcast. <laughs> okay. I'll share it with our listeners. If they like this interview, maybe they'll want more. In general, I think Jody is someone that I would recommend to any of my friends out there, to anyone listening, that if you want another good podcast, Jody's podcast is very real. What you see is what you get with Jody. She is beautiful inside and out, as authentic as they come. And I've gotten so much wisdom and so much inspiration from your podcast and from all that you're doing in the world, which is really quite amazing now, being that we're right before Passover. Jody is running this program called Power Up for Pesach. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. And 
You don't understand. Eve is a mentor of mine. She oh, is the reason you. why I am here today doing the work that I'm doing. So just like want to put that caveat out there, but Power Up for Pesach is a workshop series for Jewish women to help us all step into Pesach energized and invigorated and not completely overwhelmed and depleted. It stemmed out of the conversations that I had with friends, with acquaintances, the things that you see online and Facebook groups and everything, and my own experiences and those of my colleague who's working on it with me. Her name's Dahlia. She lives in Switzerland and she's also an amazing person. But it stemmed out of those experiences and just seeing women be totally drained by the time Pesach comes around. And Pesach is a time such miracles, just like every really holiday that we celebrate in Judaism. And so my goal through Power Up for Pesach is if we can raise the resonance, the vibration of the Jewish women of each of us and Jewish women as a whole, the world becomes a better place. It really does. It trickles down to our, our spouses, our families, our kids, our communities. And so it's about just raising that vibration. And so we wow. have about 25 workshops, everything from meal prep to organization, to parenting, to struggling with infertility during this time, to cooking demos. Wow. And it's all free. And this is such a service to Jewish women around the world. I absolutely love it. I'm still kind of stuck on the fact that you could get to Pesach without all the stress. <laughs> I'm still kind of like, wait, is that possible? That's never happened for me. But clearly I need to spend a little bit more time listening to your guests because Pesach is a hard one just to give space to all Jewish women out there. Jewish holidays, they come with a lot of emotion, whether you've lost loved ones that are no longer sitting around your table or kids that have not joined you for various reasons or memories, grandparents, traditions, customs. I, I just feel like it is a loaded bag. And that's even before all the work that we need to do to physically get there. It's just like the holiday comes and we kind of go into, into ourselves, into the emotions of what the holiday reminds us of and all the ups and downs about it. So yeah, I think we could use all the tools that we could get. Well, we really can. And I think a couple of things. One is it doesn't mean that because you do the workshops like Pesach stress-free, it's not. But I think as Jewish women, and as you said, it's not only Pesach, it's really all of our chagim. And even Shabbos, like making Shabbos every week is... It's not something that your average person's doing, but we can use all the tools that we can get. And that way, once you know what's out there and how to help manage your stress and ways to make things easier, ways to manage the grief and all of the hardship, it can make you feel a little lighter. And, you know, mm -hmm. I definitely resonate with what you're saying about the memories that come up and the sorrow that always comes up for me. Yeah. And I haven't really given it too much thought. It just comes like unexpected. It's just like before yeah. you know it, you're in tears over something that happened, but really there's a lot more to it. There's definitely trigger points to every holiday. <laughs> yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And we're also, you know, as moms, we are creating the memories for the future generations. So we do, we owe it not only to ourselves, but to our children, our grandchildren to show up in the best way possible. So I guess this is, uh, we could talk about self-care. We could talk about so much of just really giving yourself a little bit of space to feel all the feels 
and to rest a little bit. So when we come to that table on Passover night, we are actually reclining like royalty, the way it's supposed to be. Like, you know, my kids bring pillows to the table and we <laughs> lean, we get all into that, but really like to embody the messages that we are free. We are free. We're not supposed to come as like the slaves in Egypt. <laughs> We're supposed yeah. to come like the free people that we are now. I'm going to yeah. put all the details in our notes. I'd love for all my women to sign up to get as much as they can out of this from now until Passover. But in the meantime, we are going to jump into our topic today, which is something that Jody and I, we kind of live this because you guys, what you see on the screen and what you see in real life, right? You see successful people, which we are, thank God, but you don't see the bottom of the iceberg. You mm. see us out here smiling, doing our thing, putting on events for our communities that are sold out events that, I mean, Jody already has a thousand women signed up for this Power Up for Pesach program, right? And Jody, like, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it because I know where you're coming from. I know how much work you've put in and success does not happen by itself and it doesn't happen overnight. And what we're gonna call this talk is behind the scenes, making things happen and making dreams turn into reality. So I'd like to just kick off this conversation. I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey. I'll probably jump in and interrupt you 3000 times, but <laughs> just tell us a little bit about the process of getting to where you are right now, which is having a huge impact on the Jewish world where were you two years ago? Where were you two months ago, to be honest, right? Because it's really hard, right? So tell us a little bit about your journey. I don't know where to start. For a long time, I've been drawn to bring Jewish people together, to bring the Jewish community together. And Eve, I know this is something that resonates so much with you as well. But it's just this concept of like, Am Yisrael Chai, like we are one Jewish nation. There's no time for the bickering and the finger pointing and all of that. We're one Jewish people and we all get to just approach it in the ways that are meaningful for us. And so that desire to really bring the Jewish people together stemmed out of my move from South Africa when I was 10 years old to Portland, Oregon, where Jewish life was practiced entirely differently. Coming to Portland was the first time I ever knew that there were Jewish girls who would wear a kippah ever. And I was being asked to wear one and I didn't know how to handle it. And so there were a lot of emotions. Give us a little bit of background. So South Africa, as there are many types of Jews in South Africa, but it's a very traditional Jewish community. Community. Yes. So even if you don't consider yourself to be observant, likely you're part of an Orthodox community. Is that where you're coming from? Exactly. Like likely you're part of an Orthodox synagogue. So as an example, like my mom does not keep Shabbat. She never did. My father always has. I mean, mm -hmm. since I've been alive. So I grew up with that and that wasn't unusual. And yes, there were plenty of people who not observant in the normal let's say sense but when they go to in the synagogue right I don't know what's yeah. normal anymore right yeah I don't know what's normal <laughs> but in the traditional sense and when they go to shul when they go to synagogue it's an orthodox synagogue their kids are going to Jewish schools that have orthodox ideologies right okay um, so very very different to what we experience in the states where we have every stripe of Judaism and it's almost like well where do you go to synagogue like where do you belong it's kind of like it becomes part of your identity which is so sad. This is where Jody and I are like, no, that shouldn't be like this because a Jew is a Jew. And I always say there's 
there's one Torah for the Jewish people. It's not like we all have our own book of laws. It's one. And we need to realize that and we should stop separating ourselves into little boxes because it doesn't do a service. We really need to be strong and together now more than ever as our people have really taken a hit and we're not as strong and big as we used to be. So we yeah. really need to come together. So unity yeah. without uniformity. That's our heart. Jody and I, yeah. this is, we share this passion. That's I think the drive for the work that we do, like you're doing your work, I'm doing my work, but I really think that is the fire that fuels the work. And I just have to say, Jody, what we experienced in Portland is really, really unique. So I, first of all, I miss everyone, all of our friends listening from Portland, just know that I miss you all so, so much. But in the seven years that I lived in Portland, I learned about unity because when we had an event, we would have every type of Jewish woman coming to our women's events. And I think about the retreats that we ran, how we were all, you know, 60 women in a circle, everyone sharing their heart. And it didn't matter if you, one was observant, one was covered in tattoos, like everyone looked different. It was such a soul experience. Everyone stepped in so fully and so beautifully. So I have to admit, I mean, for the Chicago ladies that are listening, we're not there yet over here. I don't wow. feel it. And it's going to take time. I mean, it took us a couple of years to get the ball rolling in Portland to get to the place where it didn't matter what you looked like or how you served. There was something bigger that united us. And we're not there yet over here, but we're definitely starting to see those layers and boundaries and barriers starting to shed and drop, but it takes time. And we almost have to like relearn how to be one. Wow. It's so nice to be reminded sometimes of how beautiful the community here is. It really is. And I wish you like much Hatzlasha. If you can just like replicate what you did here over there. I I know I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm working working on it, but Yeah. yeah. Let it serve in that way as like an example, you know, in that certain sense to other communities. And there's still so much work to be done here in Portland. But anyway, so that's, I think, where my desire to help the Jewish people stemmed from. So that's why you started in your nonprofit work, working within the community, running programs, getting involved. And then I remember you took a big leap of faith and, you know, thank God for your husband that allowed you to quit your job and go (laughs) out on your own. And it was some bumpy years over there where you weren't really bringing in an income. It took time. You invested a tremendous amount of money into yourself, coaching yourself and getting things together for you to finally launch as an entrepreneur in the Jewish world. So, I mean, I remember the tears, Jody. I remember sitting with you outside your house in the backyard and everything you were sharing with me at the time, I knew firsthand that the hardest or the furthest distance that often we need to travel in life is the distance between the head and the heart. Mm. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so you're right. So about two years ago, Um, maybe a little more, maybe even three years ago, I did. I quit my almost full-time job. Big decision because I loved so many aspects of it, but I did it because I felt like I had this calling that I really needed to follow and needed to make more of an impact and do things my way and leave my mark. And I just, I felt a little bit tied down and it wasn't easy to leave the job. Even before I left my job, I knew, I knew that there was something more that 
that I wanted to do. Part of me felt unfulfilled. I was a mom. There's so much going for me. And still part of me felt really unfulfilled. And so I did. I invested in coaching. I really worked on strengthening my inner self. And I'm so glad I did. It was a very, very tough process, not only to do the work, but also managing the relationships that came with it and getting over money blocks, which I still, you know, work through on a daily basis. But like, there's just so much to it. Jody, can I ask you, do you feel like it was probably one of, if not the most incredible investment that you have ever made for yourself in your life? Yeah, it was so stretchy. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely the right thing. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I even feel how I felt back then, like you could just do this even like slouch your shoulders, like slouch your tummy, put your, you know, your chin down, like, like, how do you feel? It's like, ugh. and now roll your shoulders back, sit up straight, put your head up tall, like let your neck support your head. And like, that's how I feel. You literally physically grew a few inches <laughs> physically guess. on the outside because your inside was so much stronger that it needed more yeah. space, right? Yeah. That's beautiful. Ladies, if you're listening to this, like there are always going to be times where you're going to feel that pull, but then like you can make the changes. You can take the steps. So yes. I wish we could see our listeners right now because if we were sitting with women in a circle, I'd say who has ever felt this before? And I know every single hand would go up Mm. because I truly believe that every single person has a calling. Everyone has it. And no one could tell you what your calling is, but you need to listen deep because you know what your calling is. And very often we ignore our calling because it's so scary to jump out into the unknown Mm -hmm. that we ignore it. But often our calling calls us. And when we ignore it, it yells or it screams or it's, it becomes loud. It doesn't go away. Until we have either, I guess there's two options. One, you could listen and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try, right? Because it's okay to fail, but to not even try is the biggest failure. So you, either you could get out of your comfort zone and go into the unknown, or you could keep living in this very sad place of knowing that there's something more that you need to accomplish or achieve and you just don't do it. I think that's really sad. Or a different way that you need to feel even, you know, like the way that you feel really impacts everything. Like if you can just change Mm -hmm. yourself and like the way that you approach the world, the way that you feel, if you feel really good, that again, like it affects other people so, so much. So I left my job. And then took on another like part-time job and I'm still doing that. And it's very aligned, very aligned and allows me the time and the space to really pursue my entrepreneurial journey and my goal of like bringing Jewish people together. So then I started the podcast toward the beginning of the COVID pandemic. I started the Two Mom Life podcast. To this day, I use my mic and my computer video camera and like that's it because done is better than perfect. And not only that, like sometimes it's just, it's all you need. You don't necessarily need all of these things. And so while the sound quality can be better and the visual can be better, it's totally okay for where I'm at and my audience and people are getting what they need to out of the podcast. So just another nugget that I love to pass on to people is don't let all of the glitter and gold and thoughts of what it needs to be. Don't let all of those things hold you back from getting started doing the thing 
that you want to do or you feel like you need to do. I love that. It's practical, really good advice. Thank you. Yeah. So I was doing that. And then I remember a few months in, I thought to myself, you know, it's taking a lot, it's taking a lot out of me to put on the episodes and be consistent with it and make sure they get edited somehow and like upload them. And I'm getting like 25 downloads a week, (laughs) but my goal wasn't, my goal wasn't to make it big. My goal of starting my podcast was very much to build my own self and my own experiences while helping other people. So the numbers weren't my goal. And then I got a call from someone I didn't know just on my email list. And she said, what? you said in this podcast episode really hit me. And because of that, I've gone and I've made these changes in my life. And from that point, I thought, wow, like this really is making a difference. It made a difference for this woman to the point where she actually did take action and it really changed her life. Oh, wow. Can't stop now. That's like the drug. That's like the adrenaline (laughs) rush. Like when one person gives you positive feedback, because usually, and honestly, I'm with you. This is a thankless job. People listen. You don't usually hear comments or feedback unless someone has something negative to tell you. Okay. (laughs) So, so every time you get a positive note or a text message or an email from someone that you might not even know saying that really your words really resonated with me or had an impact on my life, that is fuel that we need (laughs) because it could be in our minds. We're thinking, okay, this is a dud. Does anyone even listen to this? Right. I mean, we're, maybe we're ready to throw out the whole project. And then we get like this kiss from Hashem from some messenger that just says, I like that, or you've impacted me. And then we were like, let's get back in the seat and let's keep going with it. So what you're saying is that this is not about numbers. You and I, we're not looking to be influencers. We're not looking to have thousands of followers. We're looking to make impact on individuals right? And to make impact on an individual has ripple effects that goes beyond what we'll ever, ever know. It could impact families, it could impact communities. But for all of you that want to make an impact in our own small ways, I think the key is don't get lost in what the world out there is saying is success. I don't ever want to have followers. I want to walk hand in hand, arm in arm with the women that I have in my circle. No one is better. No one is worse. And we need to walk together. And I really, truly believe like this vision that I have is that when Mashiach comes, finally, you know, we pray for, we're waiting for better times for the Jewish people. We are going to all join hands and we're going to walk together. Mashiach will be in the lead, but I don't think anyone else will be like, oh, you know, I've made a bigger impact. I'm all the way up there. No, I really see it as hand in hand. You and I, we're not looking to be a sage on the stage. Rather, we're we're looking to be a guide by your side. It's Mm. it's a very different way of leadership. And, And truly what you said, don't get lost in the fact that other people seem to be doing so much more and have so much more noise. And as you said, shiny, like all the diamonds and the glitter, don't get lost in that. It's about individuals and impact, which we could probably never measure. And that's where like, even the impact, even you feeling good about yourself, even you feeling confident in your own path, in your own journey, that even has an impact on other people. Even if Mm. you do nothing more than build yourself up inside, that's enough huge. Imagine what your daughters, I mean, you have, you have a bunch of little kids and our kids watch everything we do for all the moms that are listening. You guys are teachers. You guys are leaders. We, we are all leading 
and, and teaching the little people that are watching everything, every step that we do, living our truest, highest selves. And if that's not impact, I don't know what, what is. It's the, yeah, the yeah. you know, God has given us the, the greatest gift of, of raising the next generation. So even if it's just overflowing from ourselves and that's where it ends, Dayenu, it's enough. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So yeah, Jody, yeah. let's talk for a minute about the imposter syndrome, like getting through that. And we're not going to go so deep into this because I did a whole episode. One of my first episodes was on the imposter syndrome. You guys could look it up is with Rena Deutsch. It was so well received. And that's when I realized this is not just a few people that have this issue. Mm. This is so widespread. So let's just talk about that because getting over the limiting self-doubts, beliefs, criticism is such a big part. And, and we've gone through that. I mean, how many times are, were we ready to just throw in the towel and say, forget it. Like I'll get another job. I'm good at other things. Why is it that we need to do something that feels so hard? <laughs> Who am I? So tell me a little bit about how you've overcome that and how you help other people get through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I think to a certain extent, we deal with this in so many aspects of life, not just as entrepreneurs, but even just as moms, you know, someone else has kids who are always dressed to the nines or have those beautiful school lunches. And then you feel, who am I? No one else's kids have runny noses. It's only our kids. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But I really think that it starts with knowing your goal like what is your goal what is your intention you know and I'll just take the example of the podcast because it's on the top of my mind you know there's so many people with thousands and thousands and millions of downloads and all of this and so at the beginning I really did not get caught up and I'm so glad I didn't the reason why I was able not to get caught up in the imposter syndrome with this specific thing was because my goal in starting my podcast was to develop my own voice. Like that was the goal in starting my podcast. And so when those thoughts started to creep in about, oh, she's doing it better, or that person started podcasting after me and they have so many more downloads or whatever, I was able to bring myself back because I had my goal. I had it written down on paper even. Like I could say to myself and coach myself that, that's okay. Like they can have the followers that they have. My goal was not to have, you know, millions of followers. If that becomes a byproduct, that's wonderful. But my goal is to develop my voice. And am I doing that? And then I could build from there. There has to be a term for this, but I don't recall what it is, but it has something to do with abundancy that when you, you see the world as being like, there's enough for everybody. What, do you know what that term is called? I think it's abundance, abundance versus scarcity. Like people sometimes talk about the abundance mindset. Maybe there's another term. Yeah, no, but that's, that's what, so basically like you were staying in your lane and not getting sidetracked by, by everything else, which is actually really hard to do because we, we tend to measure ourselves up with other people using other people around us as a barometer for our own success. When really who says that you need to be like someone else, maybe Hashem wants you to stay in your lane and be the best you that you could be. So it could be very, very harmful to get sidetracked into seeing everything outside of you and believing that you're, you're not enough. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And 
it always creeps in, you know, it creeps in with that. It creeps in. Instagram is like another, <laughs> that's a yeah. huge trigger for a lot tell of people. Tell me, tell me about it. Cause I'm not an Instagram person. So well, what is it like I mean, I'll there? just tell you, like when I started on Instagram, I don't even know how long ago it was. Um, when I started on Instagram, I was upset. I was sad that like I wasn't getting more followers because I was part, I was doing what I knew to do, which there's so much strategy behind it. Right. And and you're like, you're putting a piece of yourself out there and you're putting a piece of yourself out there. It takes time. I just remember like being really sad that I didn't have more followers, you know, Mm -hmm. and then there was a point and I don't remember exactly when it happened or how, but there was a point where I made a decision and I said, you know what? I, if, if the millions of followers come, they come. What I need to do is just put forward the nuggets that speak to my audience. I decided to disconnect from the numbers for months. I didn't even look at how many followers I had. And sure enough, over those months, you know, the number of followers grew still not to like huge influencer status, but you know what? I became okay with that. It's okay. Because again, just what you were saying earlier, it's not about the numbers. It doesn't have to be about the numbers. And truthfully, sometimes the numbers are fake. People buy whatever followers and whatever. There's so many ways, right? And whether they are or not, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like I have what to give to the world. I have my, you know, my piece. And if I need to take a break from Instagram, that's okay. And if it'll, it'll still be there, you know, in three weeks, or if I want to put, you know, I just want to be as authentic as I can and put my best self forward and allow it also not to take up all my headspace because <laughs> wow. it's no fun to be sad about something as trivial as that, you know? That's so, so, amazing. so I think really it's about noticing your goal and then making the decisions, you know, and when you, when you feel that imposter syndrome creeping in, or when you feel those comparisons, like taking yourself back, imagine you're meditating and you're seeing, you're, you're hearing all of these thoughts in your head. And when you meditate, you just, you say like, thanks thought by thought, you know, and then you refocus Hmm. and it's kind of like that. And I think that that is a huge piece in overcoming. Well, I just wanted to share a little nugget of Torah that I learned this past week in the last couple Torah portions, we've been talking about the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the vessels and the sacrifices. And it's been interesting. Every week I teach the Parsha. And um, in this past week, I remember there was this statement where Moses says to his brother, come near, draw near Aaron, come now, it's time, step forward. You need to do the service in the temple. So it was interesting. Where was Aaron? Everything is set in motion. Everything is ready for him to step forward and serve. What is he hiding out in the back? So this must be the original imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. <laughs> Just to think of Aaron that's hiding in the back. And why was he feeling so inadequate? And if you think about it, he was probably feeling feelings of hypocrisy and guilt and shame because he himself was part of the sin of the golden calf. So now he's going to step forward in front of all the people and in front of God and atone for everyone. Like he himself had sinned in the past. So there was this feeling of 
imposter syndrome. Like, who am I? Yeah. I can't atone. And Moses says, it's because you have gone through what you have gone through. You understand the feelings of inadequacy and guilt and shame and making mistakes and misdeeds and sin. You understand it. So you can now help the Jewish people. So I love that. And I'm just going to bring it back to us. I think it's because we have gone through all the hard work of putting in the effort and the time and working through all the fears, all the negative thoughts that we've had to struggle with that we can now say, guys, just keep at it because like we've been there, we can help guide and coach other women to step into their power because we were the ones crying on the couch, unable to, you know, get out of bed in the morning because we felt so inadequate or so unsuccessful, right? Does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely resonates. It definitely resonates. And I think also to know always that Hashem has a plan, you know, like God has a plan and sometimes we can't, we can't see it. We can hardly ever see it from where we're at. But like now looking back, you know, it's so, it's so fun for me to look back and kind of see the progression of going from where I was to now power up for Pesach now. And like, without you, I wouldn't be here. Without the podcast, I wouldn't be here because Dahlia, who's working with me on it, like we met through my podcast. And so there are just so many little things where if this wouldn't have happened, then that. And so we can't see that from where we are when we're in that place and we're feeling all the feels, Hmm. um, just know that like Hashem does have a plan. And Hmm. one day you'll look back and you'll be able to see at least a little bit of how some of the puzzle pieces fit together. Hmm. Started off by saying that analogy of an iceberg that people are just seeing like the tippy tippy top, but there's all that work underwater that people don't see. So, so thank you for sharing a little bit. And I don't know how we want to end. I mean, maybe you want to close with something powerful. I mean, I'm just thinking back to our journey. I've known you since I moved to Portland, but I think we got closer as the years went on and you were a participant at a lot of the events and experiences, but I saw a shift and I I don't know exactly when it was. Maybe it was the first women's retreat that you attended. And maybe it was the second one. I'm not quite sure. It might've been the second one. But I remember at one point you got up in front of all the participants. You almost like grew two inches. Just, <laughs> just seriously. Like you were like, guys, like this has empowered me to take a leap. And I'm not sure what was going on at the time for you. Or what was it that you experienced that gave you the realization yeah, that you needed to do more. It was at the second retreat when I got up there and I can't put my finger on exactly like what it was, but I do know that there was that feeling for a long time of I need to be doing more and I need to invest in myself and I need to somehow get support on this journey of growth. And like also this nagging at me of like, I want to start my own thing. I want to start my own business. I want to like do something. And it didn't go away. It didn't go away and it didn't go away and it didn't go away. And so I think at that retreat, I made a decision that I was going to dive in. I was going to dive in and I was going to, at that point, I thought I was going to dive in and like be an overnight success. But like in reality, I dove in and it's been a really slow, sometimes painful, but also very beautiful journey. And uphill battle, I would say, right? And 
Yeah. And uphill battle. And I don't even know if battle is the right word because it feels so heavy, (laughs) Mm. but it's like the sweet, so many sweet moments along the journey. Do you believe that it's not about the destination? It is about the journey. So laced into the pain has been moments of complete utter joy and feeling of like, I did that. I did something that's hard for me. Just look where you are now with, with what you're doing for the Jewish world. Like there has to be moments where you you just kind of say, wow, I did something small. I did something hard. And here I am like two steps ahead now. Yeah. And those moments are always going to creep in because, you know, if you up level or you do something bigger, then it just becomes, you know, at a different level that those feelings and those moments creep in. But I think it's absolutely right. When, when I think about it always like more globally, in the sense of like, well, why am I here? (laughs) Like, why am I on the planet? It's really to do my part, make the world a bit of a better place and to help Hashem. Thinking of it like that, it's like, okay, then I can just do my little part. And it doesn't matter how many people impact. It matters that it's making an impact. It matters that I'm feeling good, that I'm there for my family, that that I'm doing my part, you know, as a whole. So Uh, There's been, you know, somewhat of a realization, I think, over the last probably two years or year and a half and how like that really is the purpose of, I don't know, I don't know if the purpose of life, but just how maybe the the purpose of of your life, because I think everyone has a different mission, but this is definitely your calling. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, Yeah. And now I get to help other women like step into their visions and I have a program for Jewish women to help them work toward their goals. And it's really, really beautiful. You know, people have goals, big, lofty, and really small, and just working the baby steps and implementing the tools and really building themselves up from the inside out is so powerful. Mm. And I wish every, every woman out there realized that she was worth the investment. So Mm. worth it. First of all, I'm, I'm glad that your husband never threw me away as a friend when, when you came home from the retreat, all fired up and quit your job and shake things up in your life. I, I have this, the impact on men when men meet me and I'm influencing their wives. So there's like two types of men. One of them is like, oh, you're Eve. And some of them are like, oh, you're Eve. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, I have that double experience sometimes. So I'm wow. so, so grateful to call you guys such dear friends. Miss you so, so much. And I think let's just end. Let's give a blessing to all the women in their pre-Pesach, Passover frenzy right now, whoever's listening in as they're cleaning and cooking and preparing. I would say the blessing that I have in my heart is for freedom, like true freedom, whatever it is that is enslaving all of us out there. And for everyone, it's different. My blessing is to truly step into freedom, the highest level of freedom that you should be whoever you need to be and overcome whatever it is that's holding you back. And Jody, do you want to end, give a blessing to us? Well, I love that one. And my blessing to you is also that you should just embrace yourself and you do you love be it. who you are in the most authentic way and freedom. Love it. Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So important. Do you want to tell us real quick, but I will definitely put all the links in the comments. Would you like to just share how we could sign up for your program? Yeah. So you can get in touch with me on Instagram at love adventure mom. Love reach out. Adventure mom. One word. Yes. 
One word. Love Adventure Mom, one word. Okay. My website is loveadventuremom.com where you can access the podcast too. And so journeys will open up again in the summer. So if you're interested and want to know more, you can send me an email at jody at loveadventuremom.com. Okay. And for the power up for Pesach? And for power up for Pesach, just simply go to powerupforpesach.com. P-E-S-A-C-H, powerupforpesach.com. And you can sign up there. The replays are available until Erev Pesach for free. And then you can buy lifetime access if you want it to. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you for this gift. You are a gift. And so good to spend a little time with you. You too. Thank you. Jody. Bye everyone. Happy cooking and cleaning. Happy Pesach. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of our community. There is so much more coming your way. Stay tuned and have a great inspired day.